Hey you guys. Uh, so today I thought it would be cool to talk about how to remain tenderhearted. Um, I've been kind of reflecting on my emotional journey, my spiritual journey the last several years. Um, and I thought it would be interesting to share some of the tips I've learned along the way. Uh, this past week I shared some thoughts and ideas on Instagram and I thought I'd share that really quick. Um, but I was just thinking about a lot of the emotional difficulties I've had and the temptations I've had um, to relieve pain, avoid pain, disassociate from my life. And, and I thought it would be interesting to share some of those um, because I believe the enemy would have loved to see my story end in one capacity or another. He would have loved to see suicide. He would have loved to see violence, bitterness, anger, resentment, unforgiveness, hard-heartedness. He would have loved to see me leave God. He would have loved to see me leave Ava. And he would have loved to see me leave the church. And I shared on my stories a while ago, um, it was just like this uh, post that was saying I that I'm grateful, truly grateful that I am where I am today because in a lot of ways it's better than where I was yesterday. And I had some friends kind of playfully comment, um, like if this is better, I would have hate I would have hated to see like what it was like back then because it still seems like pretty intense. Uh, and there's some truth to that. Um, but when I say that I'm better than yesterday, uh, in a lot of ways, I don't mean that I'm without pain. I simply mean that I can endure it. I know how to withstand it. I know how to survive it. I know how to love through it. Um, and most of all, I mean that the person I am today is not who the devil intended that I be. I have remained, I have remained present and God is still my everything. Um, and even though there are a lot of times where I am aware of my weakness Every reminder that I am weak is a push toward God, and God makes me strong. And 100%, I would love for my life to look better, different, much more improved, um, and I'm believing for that, but I almost have to consciously choose not to be ashamed. Um, and one of the things that I have always, always, always been careful with throughout this whole process of being rejected, disappointed, feeling alone, all that stuff, I try very hard to be intentional about keeping a heart that is tender and sensitive and vulnerable because I do not want a heart of stone. I do not want a heart of stone. I don't know why that is something that is really important to me, but I know that it is. Um, and so when I find myself in really painful places, I, as much as it sucks, I choose to sacrifice my old dreams again. I sacrifice my dignity again, my treasures, things that I hold valuable, I sacrifice those things again. I surrender again. I offer my, my tears and my pain again, my heart, my love, all those things. So um, those are all thoughts and ideas that I shared on Instagram this past week. Um, and I guess a just really quick, brief disclaimer. 
Um, as I'm getting into this topic, I just want to emphasize the importance of balance. Um, even though I'm talking about remaining a, a feeling person, um, I still think that it's important to uh, maybe acknowledge your feelings, but do everything you can not to stay there. Like if you are going through something tough and the emotions hit you, let them process them, work through them. Um, but just be conscious and aware, um, set yourself up for success and, and keep in mind that there is more to life than suffering. I, I know I have to say that like for some people that are more melancholy, people that are more depressed or more anxious, like set yourself up for success. And that doesn't, these things are not mutually exclusive. It's just all about balance. And that's like a whole separate topic, but I, I felt like it was important to at least address that. So um, uh, I listen to Chris Vallotton from Bethel Church very often. Um, I like his sermons. They resonate a lot with me. Um, and for one message that I was listening to, he acknowledged, I think, this basic truth that when people have been abandoned or rejected, especially by um, people that are supposed to love them, it creates a space for that individual to become violent, self-loathing, angry, rebellious, bitter. And it's just like a human tendency, like especially when all these negative experiences are tied to someone who should have been there. Um, and there's this quote that Chris Felton and a lot of similar speakers say is that what happens to you matters, but what matters more is what happens in you. Um, it echoes prayers. I've prayed that like that I would not become a consequence of my life. Um, for that specific reason, I prayed that like I would not become like the person or the people who betrayed me. Um, it's almost predictable and it's a relatively common idea like that quote, uh, hurt people hurt people. I was praying that that would not be my story. And an almost unintentional side effect of being a person who's very growth oriented um, is that being better is always like at the forefront of my mind, learning lessons and doing better. Like that's me. That's what I've always tried to do. And the uh, slight pitfall, I would say, is that I've become so conscious of improving that it was almost a hindrance to me still processing stuff like an, uh, a prayer that I prayed this past week almost shocked me a little bit because I didn't realize that this was a, a thing growing inside me. But I, I told God, I was like, I feel like I don't matter. And, and that's something that I've said before in different contexts, but I was like, I feel like I don't matter. I feel like what matters is that I 
grow from this. I feel like what matters more than me is being a better person. And it sounds like a nice thing to say, but it was almost like a sensation that was invalidating a little bit. Um, And I just want to assure you, like as I'm sharing these tips, um, I get it and I understand. I just want you to know that God has a heart for you, that he is your defender and your advocate and your counselor and he's a good father, a great friend and and have some peace with that as I get into this topic. So I don't know the exact verbiage, but you might be familiar with those like instincts that come into play when um, when you're afraid. The ones listed are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Um, I think when we've experienced things that are painful, stressful, or disheartening, like we can kind of end up uh, having these emotional responses. And I feel like it's important to be aware of these before we get into the tips because these are the things that we have to manage and balance and be observant of. So under the circumstances, that fight response would look like someone being angry, someone being bitter, treating others like they're the problem. There would be a lot of maybe violence or hard-heartedness, arguments, for example. The flight response would look like someone retreating, isolating, becoming more private, secretive, distant. Um, The freeze response would look like someone um, being present, but uh, maybe like portraying numbness, apathy, being disconnected, uncaring. And the fawn response would look like someone trying to problem solve, to minimize the damage, to fix the problem, um, or to make like a situation better, um, maybe taking it upon themselves to alleviate the whole situation. Um, Those are just some emotional responses to be aware of as I'm getting into these next tips, okay? Um, Because being conscious about being tenderhearted, like the steps that I'm going to mention here, they don't necessarily erase the tendency to react in the ways that I listed. And remaining tenderhearted involves a delicate and intentional balance, obviously giving yourself a reasonable and appropriate amount of space to feel what you're feeling, but to just be conscious of your reactions while you're like challenging yourself to work through them and not necessarily just get over them. Remaining tenderhearted is a trait that can really only be demonstrated in your relationships with people. And so this is a very like relational topic. Um, There's a lot of heart work, obviously, but a lot of this has to do with the way that you are with people. Um, and so, yeah, let's get into this first tip. Um, my first tip to remain tender-hearted 
is to understand your identity and your value and your worth and the things that you bring to the table. When you've been hurt in relationships, it's a natural reaction to end up perceiving yourself the way that the other person saw you. And in order to be a tender-hearted person or remain a tender-hearted person, you need to have a secure and stable view of your own value. When we're talking about being tender-hearted, we're talking about being kind, being gentle, remaining loving, and maybe even being selfless. But that doesn't mean that you see yourself as less. So understanding your value is a solid foundation to start on. The next tip, the second tip in this process is to have an accurate view of your strengths and your weaknesses, um, the things that you do well and the things that you need to work on. Um, This is kind of like a, I want to say maybe like a sub tip of the one that I just mentioned, because it'll give you confidence when you need it but it'll also give you humility when you need it. And depending on the situation, you will need both. Um, This next one could apply to different dynamics of relationships, either continuing healthy relationships with the people who hurt you, keeping distance, or uh, creating new relationships in the future, trying to like expand your community like it could be applied in different ways but the gist of it is to understand your own vulnerabilities your own insecurities your own triggers and keep those things in check understand the ways that they impact your current relationships and the ways that you want to improve Um, being able to understand yourself in that way will help you when you're trying to manage like those four responses that we discussed earlier, either having a tendency to fight, having a tendency to withdraw, to fix the problem, to isolate all those things, um, understanding your history and the way that it impacts your emotional responses, your mental responses, um, that's a big, a really, really big tip. All right, this next tip is one that is almost implied. You could probably guess it before I even say it, but it is to forgive the people who hurt you and disappointed you. Um, I could probably do a whole other podcast episode on this topic alone because there are so many dynamics to just this one thing, so many ways that forgiving could be applied. Um, But just to list a couple of the things that I do is I forgive in advance um, because I feel like a very future-oriented and discerning person. I can usually see things coming. So if I know that something is likely to happen and it's likely to pain me, I forgive in advance. If I'm thinking back on the past and I'm remembering a thing that hurt me and it stirs up anger and bitterness 
and resentment and hard-heartedness, like all those things that I'm trying to avoid, I forgive again. I forgive in that moment. Um, and depending on the extent of how far along I let myself be in a negative place, I almost always ask God to forgive me as well um, because I need mercy too. I'm a deeply flawed and imperfect person too. And it's, uh, it's very easy when you've been hurt and betrayed and disappointed, all those things. It's very easy for you to feel like a victim and to feel like you are better than the other person. And for me, I feel like that's not for me to say. Like I said, I could do a whole other episode. Um, but yeah, forgiving in advance, forgiving again, um, forgiving moment by moment, and as often as is necessary. It doesn't necessarily mean that you trust the other person, that you let them in again, um, that you extend the same measure of love that you do for other more intimate relationships. It doesn't mean anything apart from setting yourself free from being stuck in a place of pain. Okay, the next tip, which kind of goes along with that, um, in order to remain a tender-hearted, feeling and loving person, you have to know how to protect your peace, to protect your happiness, to preserve your energy, and one of the ways that you do that is by creating distance when it's necessary. Um, what I've learned from my experience in different relationships is that um, for some people, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how loving you are, um, how agreeable you are. Um if you're in a relationship with someone who's doing more harm than good, the best way to remain tender-hearted while preserving yourself could be to create distance. Um, maybe that involves cutting them out completely. Maybe that involves adding boundaries. Maybe that involves a conversation, um, or, and maybe it doesn't. Uh, that's like a whole other thing to kind of figure out for yourself in your life. But I feel like that's an important tip because being a tender-hearted person doesn't necessarily mean that you let everyone in all the time in every capacity. I just I want it to be clear that you can and you should preserve yourself in order to do that sometimes. Uh, this next one is ironic because it's not the first tip I mentioned, but it should have been. <laughs> it's to go to God first <laughs> and go to God always. Um, I don't know if this is just because I'm a single person or because like I'm sometimes feeling alone in a state all by myself or because I don't have a therapist. Okay, I'm gonna shut up now, but um, those are just jokes. Okay, uh, go to God first. 
uh, a lot of times when I am very sensitive and very susceptible to people's opinions and I'm in a very dark place, I try to be very careful running to people. Uh, for me, when I need to vent, I go to God. I go to God first. It's not because I don't trust people. It's not because I don't see value in being able to share my heart with another person. Um, it's just that for me, I don't know. I think I'm such an introverted like processor when it comes to emotions. I feel like I can be the most authentic with my father. That's just how it feels for me. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been in prayer and like just had things come up that I didn't know were there. Like I could have a conversation with five close friends and never really get to the heart of things like I can after having a conversation with God. Um, and when I, there's something about being able to do that that gives me an assurance that I am heard exactly as I am. Um, I'm talking to someone who knows the ins and outs and everything. I'm talking to someone who has my best interest at heart. I'm talking to someone who knows who knows me, who sees me, uh, who defends and advocates for me. So like all these things um, give me sometimes a sense of peace. I almost feel like in every situation, regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going directly to the source. It definitely is nice to be heard and understood by people. Um, but for me, what I care about most is being heard by God. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I just, he's just number one. Uh, this next tip is um, something I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier when we talked about forgiveness. Um, but it, it's basically more focused on asking forgiveness for yourself asking God to forgive you for your own mistakes, your own failures, uh, your own impact on others, things that you did either in spirit or in truth, in your heart, in your mind, or with your words, um, things that, you know, did more harm than good, asking forgiveness for those things. Um, I remember at one point in my life, I was so hurt by somebody, um, it like deeply impacted my heart. And one of the prayers that I, I prayed is like, God, if I did anything to cause this person to become like this toward me, to become hard-hearted in this way, if I did anything to contribute to that other person's brokenness, please forgive me. I mean, it's a reality of life. Um, people are gonna disappoint us and we're gonna disappoint other people. And sometimes being able to extend grace for others comes from understanding that you need grace yourself. Um, so that's just a good thing to keep in practice.
This next thing is something I do. It might not be for everyone. Um, but for me personally, there are really only two situations where I become angry. One is in defense of another person. Um, the only other time I am angry is because I've been hurt. Those are really the only two things that make me upset. And for me, I care very deeply about letting God in. And in order for me to do that, I need to remain sensitive. And so if I have to choose between being angry and hard-hearted or hurt and broken, I'm more likely going to choose being hurt over the feeling of being angry. And um, I think this is a Christian mindset. I could be wrong, but I feel like the way that I am with other people, the way that I am with my enemies, I feel like my heart toward them will reflect my heart when I'm in a place of worship <laughs> and and I don't necessarily just mean like worship like on an altar singing I mean like worshiping with my life uh, worshiping with my heart worshiping with my words um, if I can completely be um, uncaring toward another person, I feel like that's a bad sign of my relationship with Jesus. <laughs> God is love, and I feel like every command that he gives me would be rooted in a place of loving other people. Uh, and so that's just a thing that I really like, I really try to protect my heart in this whole thing. And so if I have to choose between this or that, I am, that's what I'm choosing. So take that one with a grain of salt. Uh, this next tip to remain tenderhearted is to allow yourself to vent. Um, sometimes it's not useful to let people in. I'll say that. Um, but when you're wise and you have a good circle, uh, sometimes it helps to have people to hear you out. Um, and to be completely frank, sometimes it helps me to have people who are willing to be angry for me. Um, when I was actively going through a situation, I was a lot more careful with that. Um, but when I'm able to vent, it almost gives me room to feel like I am validated, advocated for, protected, defended, valued. Um, so... Uh, when I'm venting and another person is taking on that role of, let's say, quote unquote, defending me, um, I feel like that in a weird way, without them actually doing anything or saying anything, gives me room to continue just working on myself. Um, sometimes I vent to people, sometimes I vent to God, sometimes I do both, sometimes it's only God. 
Um, but it helps to let it out instead of just holding on to garbage forever. So, okay, this next tip is for the people who consider themselves to be hyper vigilant, very observant, um, super intuitive, highly discerning. I saw that coming a mile away kind of people. Um, I think especially when we've been through a very significant amount of trauma for a very extended amount of time, and when we've been hurt and disappointed and betrayed, rejected, abandoned by the people who are closest to you or the people who should have been there, um, a natural result of that is to become a highly fortified, heavily guarded wall of a person. And you might have found yourself in a situation frequently where you say, I saw that coming. I knew this person would disappoint me. I knew that I would be hurt. This person can't be trusted. And the second you start to feel um, safe, you isolate and you push them away. Um, a quick disclaimer, I would say um, there are some bad people out there. There are some toxic people out there. And believe people with their actions when they're showing you something, especially over and over. But for people who are truly good and for the people who are right for you, for the people who really love you, let those people in. Let yourself be loved. Let yourself feel safe and keep that in check um, because you need people, you need community, you need to challenge yourself to love. And like I mentioned before, um, it's a part of life. It's a simple fact of the matter. You are going to be disappointed. You are going to be let down. No one can be everything all at once, all the time for you, except God. Um, so I challenge you to let the right people in. Um, this next tip is kind of more of a mental thing to help you be a tender-hearted person. And it's to have hope to affirm yourself, to affirm truth, and to have vision. Um, kind of along the thread of someone who's been through a lot of trauma, um, one of the things that perpetuates hard-heartedness is the feeling that you are without hope, um, the feeling that things will never be good again because that's all that life has proven to you. It is a discipline and a practice and something that you could probably strengthen with scripture. But I want to urge you to have vision for the future. Picture something good. Picture something pure. Picture something right. Picture something the way that God intended. Um, because 
you cannot be secure. You cannot find happiness. Um, you cannot rightly love other people if you don't feel secure. If you don't see, if you don't see a good future, is I mean that's going to be a really tall, steep mountain to climb. <laughs> um, it is possible, but it's just one of the things that you can do to preserve your heart in the process. Like you need to see the point of what you're doing. You need to see the reward of it. And and you need to see the value in that in your own life for yourself. Um, this next tip uh, kind of goes along with the theme of being able to forgive other people. Um, sometimes you have to say things to let them go. And sometimes you don't. Um, at the end of the day, whether another person takes accountability for their actions or not, whether you have a conversation or not, whether there's closure or not, um, it is always going to be your job to patch up what's broken. So just prioritize that. Um, this next tip is to take the garbage out. Um, and what I mean is to be honest with yourself, be honest about where you are, be honest about your condition. Um, I would rather the garbage of my heart, the garbage of my mind, the garbage of my soul, the things that don't look good the things that make me maybe look like a bad person or an angry person or a bitter person. Um, I would rather that stuff be out there in the open and in the light. I would rather those weaknesses be out than pretend to be better than I am, than pretend to be further along in my journey than I am. I think it's very easy to harbor hard-heartedness when there are secret places. Because if you can't confront that, if you won't look at it, if you won't bring it out into the light, you can't hand it over to God. Um, and I would almost go as far as to say, like, that urge to pretend or to portray perfection is a form of hard-heartedness in and of itself, um, because that comes from a place of pride. Um, it comes from a place of, uh, maybe thinking that you can do things on your own, um, and, and let's not do that. Let's just not do that. Let's just be honest. Um, if you are dealing with anger and apathy and you're stuck and, 
and you're trying to come off as though you're still invested, like you're still a caring and loving person, I think it's better for you to um, obviously, yeah, like still remain uh, kind and respectful. But if that's something you're dealing with, like be open and tell God, like, I want to be a feeling person. I want to be a vulnerable person. But for some reason, I have all these walls up and I remain uncaring and I have no passion. I have no zeal. I have no interest, no motivation. Could you, like, by your Holy Spirit, can you plant these things in me? Can you give me a heart that is soft and tender, a heart of compassion, a heart that sees people, a heart that loves people? That's better than ignoring. That's better than pretending um so yeah that's just my two cents on that um these next two um are pretty simple one is to release control um and what i mean by that is to uh maybe let go of some expectations let go of some old hopes and dreams and um, understand that you are uh, you're not in control as much as you would like to um, have more of an impact on what people say and what people do and how people are. Um, sometimes you just have to let it go. Uh, focus on controlling yourself because that's really the only thing you can do in this world that's the only thing you can have some power over is is you yourself your will those things um and this last one is to release the other person uh so i'm gonna be heavily quoting lisa bevere for this next segment i have like some notes of a prayer and some other relatable things that she said, but, uh, this is from her sermon, uh, called be angry, but don't blow it. You can find this on YouTube. I highly recommend that you listen to it for yourself. She is funny and relatable and real, um, and just really authentic. So, uh, go check that out. Be angry, but don't blow it is what it's called. It kind of echoes that verse in the Bible that says, be angry, but sin not, um, uh, this one quote before I share the rest that she said, um, she was kind of sharing this prayer where she was like, I have a real problem and I don't know how to be free. Um, and, and one of the things that she was kind of, the emotion that she was focused on was, uh, anger that she was dealing with. Um, for me, in my case, I feel like it has been um, maybe like sadness. So that can like apply just that one part. I have a real problem with fill in the blank and I don't know how to be free. And she goes on to say that something about her situation made her feel like she earned the right to be the way that she was because of what was done. Um, And... Um, 
And I think that's a common thought pattern also. Uh, And then this next thing she says, she's like, I believe I need a lot of mercy. So I have learned to sow a lot of mercy. I forgive people that never ask for it. And there is nothing more supernatural than forgiving people who do not deserve it. It is how we are most Christ-like. And there's this really powerful prayer. I don't know if you want to like write it down or put a timestamp right here. Um, She goes through this prayer for how to release another person and set yourself free and how to just ask God for help. And so I want to share that with you guys. um, And then we can end this segment. Um, But you can feel free to bow your head and pray this with me. Heavenly Father, forgive me for the times I've been quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to wrath. I want to have a new beginning. I'm going to stop making excuses. What you did for me is more powerful than what was done to me. I'm going to say that again. What you did for me is more powerful than what was done to me. Father, forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. I cancel their debt. They owe me nothing. I release them from that prison. Free me from my torment. I will bless and will not curse. I will do good. I will not take judgment or wrath into my own hands. I take responsibility. I'm going to control myself because I'm going to be led by your spirit. I'll get up every single day and I'll break that habit. In Jesus' name. Uh, So those were all my tips on this topic for today. I hope you guys found it insightful and helpful and beneficial. Uh, And I can't wait to do this again. See you guys next time.